Hello, and welcome to episode four of Real Life with the Tina Twist. Today, we're going to talk about international relocation as a family of five and some of the lessons that we've learned along the way. Now, if you've been paying attention, I was actually going to talk about something different today, uh, but we made the decision to talk about our relocation to Belgium from Canada after we got comments uh, such as one from a former colleague that said, you know what, your life is like a Netflix series. It would be the most boring Netflix series ever, by the way. <laughs> no one would watch. Uh, we also got comments that said, oh, wow, like your relocation. That was like HGTV's Home Hunters International. Uh, both of those are hilarious to us, by the way. Um, our story is nothing like either of these, but it is about how we took our first steps to helping our kids become global citizens of the future uh, and teaching them that the impossible can indeed become possible. It's also about how our family motto, the Graves family figures it out, uh, came to be. So you know I keep it real in these podcasts. You are not just going to get unicorns and rainbows today. Um, I hope this episode inspires you. That's why I do this. And also brings you some learning and lots of laughter, maybe along with me as you listen. So some of the themes we'll talk about today are expecting the unexpected. Uh, definitely one of the things we learned along the way of our relocation. Uh, be, being prepared to pivot and scenario plan and do it again and do it again and do it again. Definitely something we learned during our relocation and then we've all had to live with uh, during the global pandemic, of course. And the last lesson we'll talk about today is that it's all worth it. If you make the decision to do something this big, um, it's not glamorous and it's not easy, but it is absolutely worth it. Um, when you think about it, nothing really worth having ever is that easy anyway. So. Here we go. We're going to start from the beginning. Uh, the biggest decision in an international relocation is actually if you're going to do it or not. And for us, we were, yes, let's do this before there was a rule. Yes, absolutely. This is the goal. And then we got scared and we evaluated. We were in a house, very comfortable. Everything was very comfortable. Everything was relatively easy, right? The kids were happy enough at school and I enjoyed my work. Dan loved his job. Everything was fine except we, and family and friends will know this, we don't sit still very well, right? There's always something different or new happening with the Graves family. And I, if you've been listening to us through these episodes, you'll know it's probably because, you know, Dan and I met in Japan. Um, we are, have both experienced being an expat. And when you've done that, it sometimes makes it difficult to feel like you fit in anywhere else because you are no longer someone who's just from one place. And so that deciding not to, to put roots in, and it was really, although comfortable on the outside, it was really uncomfortable for us. Um, and that's not a judgment of others who are comfortable putting down the roots. It was just for us, it was not comfortable. And so that's when we decided to go for it for real and uh, put all our skin in the game, if you will. So awesome. Time to, you know, sell the house, find a new place to live in the new country, which for us was Belgium, a new school for the kids, and complete all the paperwork requested on the 10-page or more document that uh, you received by email, and please do it urgently, please. And uh, all of this while still working a new job, right, in a different time zone. So I was working European hours from Canada, so love those 3 a.m. calls, and, um, you know, keeping the family going, keeping the kids happy, 
um, supporting them during this transition time and somehow also maintaining our sanity as a couple. So it was quite the rock and roll period um, towards the end of 2019. Uh, selling the house was actually the easy part. <laughs> so uh, relatively great experience. You go through your stuff, figure out what you want to keep, what you don't. Um, it makes you really think about what you want to ship across an ocean and what is not worth it. So um, good, even if, if you're in a purging kind of moment in your home and you're thinking, what do I want to keep? What don't I? Uh, put yourself in our shoes and think, hmm, if I were moving across an ocean, would I want to keep this? Um, the complexity for us was figuring out the closing date. So not knowing when we would move. So first piece of uncertainty was, well, madame, you will get a visa either in December or in February. <laughs> Or somewhere in between. Um, so we chose a date in the middle. Um, telling the kids, so I want to talk a little bit about this. For us, our girls were um, in their you know, early double digits. And so they, they needed to be at the table. At least that was how we felt. So while I didn't tell them about the interview process I was going through because I didn't want them to get their hopes up, it was really important for us that, um, that we told them after I had been offered the role, but before I accepted so the two oldest needed to be okay, and the youngest was four, so maybe his perspective might not have been as helpful for us at the time. Our ask for the kids wasn't that they were jumping for joy, that wasn't the expectation, but it was, would they be willing to give it a chance? And they were, so here we are. I talked a little bit about the paperwork, and if you're, if you're talking to anyone who is relocated into Europe from not Europe, uh, there's a lot of paperwork. Paperwork ask is very different if you're moving from one country to another and you have a European passport. So I can't speak to that. But I can say if you're a Canadian moving to Europe, there's a lot of paperwork. And when I say paperwork, I really mean physical paper. <laughs> Maybe it's changed because of the pandemic, but we'll talk a bit about that. Um, you do hear this about relocation, right? Lots of paperwork. What does that mean? So I'm going to break it down just a smidge for you. Um, in essence, collect every single piece of identification that you possess, uh, particularly if it's issued by a government, of course, and um, order new ones. Because if your current ones are more than six months old, they are too old for this process. And you need brand new ones, including of your birth certificate or your marriage certificate, regardless of how long ago they were. And you also need them for everyone else you're bringing with you. So for us, that was times five, right? Um, and then for us, we also needed to make five paper copies, um, of each of these do formal documents that were required, uh, and then ship them off to the consulate. And so when we arrived at the consulate for our appointment, um, I actually like wheeled in a little like travel suitcase and the stack was like this big, sorry, it's, I don't know how, it's like 20 centimeters tall for those of you just listening <laughs> on a podcast app. Uh, it was massive and it was, you know, all the documentation that had been requested uh, times five because five copies of everything were required. Um, so we did this appointment at the consulate on December 24th and if you are in North America or anywhere that, that celebrates Christmas, you'll know that that's probably the worst day we could have chosen. So let that be your lesson. December 24th, maybe no. Um, so there's more to that story about December 24th in a second. Okay. Um, for Belgium and probably other countries too, you'll need a health screening. Uh, for us, it had to be by a special doctor who had special permission by the Belgian government to do such 
health screenings, which for me meant going 500 kilometers away for a 15 minute appointment um, to get the official letter signed that I was healthy enough to, to be moving to Belgium. Um, there are really only about three or four doctors in all of Canada. And if you know anything about Canada, you'll know that it's huge in terms of landmass. So, um, easy to say there's four or five of them in the country, but they are not very easy to get to, let's just say. And if you're moving to a smaller country, such as Belgium, uh, there will not be a large number of consulates in your country or state or province. So for us, there's one in Canada and it's in Montreal. So we live close to Toronto. So Montreal to Toronto, if you're not familiar with the geography, is about 500 kilometers or so away. Uh, so right before Christmas, remember I talked about December 24th, uh, our family trekked to Montreal and submitted that mountain of paperwork I talked about. And we needed to be there physically to have our photos taken and also to have our fingerprints done for at least the adults. Um, so up to this point, and I hope you're still with me, um, it was really just a lot of work, right? Massive project management endeavor, so many checklists, um, just making sure things were completely in order, particularly that paperwork step, right? Because if it's not all in order, then you can't get your, then nothing else matters, right? It doesn't matter if, um, if you're ready to go and ready for the movers that are coming in, you know, less than a week. <laughs> if you don't have the paperwork right, then you're in trouble. So fast forward three hours from the consulate visit that we had on the morning of the 24th. We're halfway home, you know, picture it, you're in the minivan with us. We're ready to celebrate the holidays before we move. We're feeling good, we submitted our paperwork. We got this, all these check marks. Yeah, the person at the consulate was like, yes, you are good. Santa Claus is coming to town tonight. Everything has been tiring, but really this is going according to plan, more or less. So remember at the beginning of the podcast, I talked about expecting the unexpected. Well, here it comes. The lovely staff of the consulate called me and they told me, you know, Madame, um, I'm sorry, but the identification that you gave us, the documentation you gave us, it actually doesn't prove that you're the mother of your children. <laughs> what? being like, I don't think I understand what you're saying to me. <laughs> we have their birth certificates, we have my marriage certificate, you have my ID, their ID. Like I, I, I'm a little lost here. And, and just for reference, I have the same family name as, as my children and as my husband. So super stumped. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, madame. And she's like, no, no, no. Did you legally change your name? I'm like, yes, of course I did my passport. Like everything after I got married, everything has, you know, I'm Tina Graves not my maiden name. Yes, but did you legally change your name? So this goes on for like 60 seconds. Madame, did you legally change your name? I'm like, yes, of course I did. That's why my passport, everything. She's like, no. Did you do the long process to legally change your name? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I said, let me just, let's Google this. Let me understand what you're actually asking me and we'll come back. So as it turns out, <laughs> um, this is just an aside for you, but advice for other women or men who have changed their name to that of their spouse and you're in Canada, unless your birth certificate has your married name, I know that makes no sense, birth certificate and your married name, I've, obviously you weren't born to your married name, but just stay with me. Unless your birth certificate has been legally changed to have your new name, you have not officially changed your name. You have rather assumed the name of your spouse. So, and maybe they've changed this, but this is how it was in 2019. So please don't take relocation advice from me or immigration advice from me. The situation was at the time, 
even if your passport, driver's license, health card, you name it, every other piece of official documentation had your married name, unless your birth certificate, like you had gone through a legal process to change your name, you have not officially changed your name. You've just assumed the name of your spouse. So I wish I was making this up, but this is a situation that we were in. Okay. So here we are. It's December 24th. I'm on the phone with Madame from the consulate and she says, oh, by the way, and she's, you know, very apologetic, but she's doing her job. She's like, I'm sorry, Madame, but Merry Christmas. Our, our offices are now closing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can laugh about this now, but at the time it was completely paralyzing. Uh, every government office was shutting down for the holidays, you know, Merry Christmas. And our movers would arrive at our house on January 2nd to put our life in a container and ship it across the Atlantic Ocean. It was supposed to meet us in Belgium, right? So, and also by the end of January, our house wasn't going to be our house. It was going to be someone else's house because we sold it. So we never things wouldn't have a roof over our head in Canada. And we didn't know that we were going to be able to get a visa because apparently I was not, I had no proof that my kids were my kids. Um, and by the way, if you want to do a legal name change, it's impossible to do it in the short span of a month. <laughs> Right. So here's the pivot point where our family motto started, right? One of our daughters pipes up from the backseat of the car and says, we're the Graves family. We figure it out. And so through tears, mostly mine, <laughs> we laughed and she was right. And we did. We became instant experts on what a legal versus assumed name actually means in Canada. So there you go. Um, so we figured it out. We were able to get the paperwork we needed to prove that I actually was the mother of our children, which I am. <laughs> and the consulate let us know on December 30th uh, that our paperwork was received. So did we have a Merry Christmas? It was a stressful Christmas, let's just say that. I was able to fly back to Montreal the day after, so Happy New Year. Great New Year's Eve, I was in Montreal picking up our passports with the necessary visas, and we exhaled. Okay. Movers come in two days. Here we go. Everything is going to be fine. And it was. Movers arrived. Everything was going super well. We had an awesome um, moving staff. Uh, at least until the movers came to us, they were in our basement and they were moving the boxes, putting in this huge container that took up our whole driveway. Uh, and they were like, we're really sorry to tell you this, but you know, some of the boxes are wet on the bottom and they're in our basement. Remember? Hmm. Hmm. It's weird. It's a finished basement. It's not a cellar like what we have here in, in Belgium. So our always dry basement was wet. It had been always dry. We'd lived there for three years, never had a problem. We had some pretty crazy rainstorms, you know, pretty crazy winters. The snow melted. The basement got wet. We had a crazy rainstorm two nights prior and water somehow leaked into our house. We're flying in two days to Belgium when we find this out. Awesome. <laughs> to make a long story short, uh, we had the most amazing real estate agent that we leaned on. She lived very close to us and uh, she helped us find experts to fix the leak. They had to take everything back to the foundation. So drywall, insulation, everything got replaced. Um, they fixed it and repaired the damages while we were in Belgium. We're really transparent with the new owners of the house as well. Um, if she hadn't come to our rescue, I do not know what we would have done. Uh, the kids were due to start school January 7th. Like this is, there was no, there was no room in the perfect project plan for us to have a leaky basement. Um, but we figured it out. We figured it out. 
again, expect the unexpected. Now, I hope that if this is something you're thinking about, that your paperwork goes super well and you don't have a leaky basement or anything like that, but um, there will be something. Uh, there will be something and expect the unexpected. Um, you know, we had a few things that we always kept saying they were on repeat. It'll work out. It'll work out. We'll find a way. It'll work out. Trust the process. Absolutely trust the process and just keep swimming, right, from Finding Nemo. Um, now, I'm telling you all this kind of about international relocation, but really more about weathering the storm and figuring it out. You know, I talked about living your story and being true to yourself, and that doesn't mean that it's easy. And I said that in the first episode, and I keep repeating it because it's not easy, but living life isn't supposed to just be easy. It's supposed to be worth it. And that's why we are where we are. So we land January 2020. You know where this is going, right? Fast forward two months. We've settled into our new home. We've figured out the basics of French in Belgium, which is not the same as French in Canada, by the way. Even the numbers are different. You can look that up if you're interested in Googling. Look up 70 and 90. Um, into a global pandemic we went. Okay? So I don't, I'm not going to talk about the pandemic. I don't need to tell you what that was like. We all lived it and are still living it to a certain extent. Uh, but I will say that our family motto of the Graves family figures it out. Um, and the lessons learned that brought us here to Belgium um, actually helped us to continually pivot relatively well during this pandemic. Not perfect. <laughs> We're human. But uh, it really helped us. So, you know, we've asked ourselves and we've been asked, you know, was this a mistake was your relocation at the time it was, was it a mistake? And if you knew what you know now, would you do it again? And I can very confidently say, no, it was not a mistake. Um, has it been bumpy and inconvenient to have a global pandemic? Yes. Did any of us plan this? No. <laughs> would we do it again knowing what we know now? Also, yes. I'll tell you a bit why. So I was having a discussion actually with my brother early in the pandemic and uh, the words he recalls me telling him were, this is the path we chose. So I tell you that today because what I live by is what we know to be true is that there's no rewind button in life. And if you have kids, you'll know like you can't, they grow so fast that there's no rewind button to go back. You know, when you're 15 year old, you wish they were still five. There's no rewind button. You really just need to live today because you know what you can control at this moment in time. And there's no going back in time to make a different decision or do things different. That's just a figment of your imagination. You can't possibly, there's no rewind button. <laughs> so every decision or fork in the road or experience has led you to exactly where you are today. Uh, and I wouldn't change it for the world. As I've said before, this is our path and our story. Uh, pandemic gave us a chance to see almost every square inch of this small country that we currently call home and to learn that we actually have a preference for Liège waffles over Brussels waffles. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, please know that Belgian waffles are not all the same. So there you go. <laughs> Another thing for you to Google besides why are the numbers different in Belgium in French than they are in Canada? Uh, if it hadn't been for the pandemic, honestly, we would not have seen as much of Belgium, but we would have seen more of Europe, right? Which was the plan, right? We'll base ourselves in Belgium and we'll see lots of Europe. 
Belgium is a small country. When you look at it on a map, if you don't know where it actually is, it's north of France and south of the Netherlands. If you've never heard the Netherlands, you might think of it as Holland. So it's kind of sandwiched in between, and then we have Germany on the on the east. Um, and then there's Luxembourg, too, if you really want to get specific about all the countries that are around. It is a small country in land size, uh, but is a large-sized country in culture. It is so rich in its own history as well as world history. Um, beautiful landscapes in this country. Uh, every time we're out for a drive, I'm always like, oh, wow, oh, isn't that beautiful? The kids are so sick of it, but I just absolutely love it. Rolling hills and the coast. Anyway, I, I could do a whole episode just on Belgium, but I'll stop myself. <laughs> we love it here. And it works for our family for now. So our international relocation story is not one for Netflix or the highlight reel on an HGTV show about international moves. But it is one that is probably more realistic for most families that have done a move like ours. Perseverance, willingness to pivot and problem solve on the fly and expecting the unexpected are all skills that this relocation gave us that will fuel us for years to come. If you have questions about any of the details I didn't share today, uh, like how we chose our school or our home in Belgium, um, I'm purposely not talking about it to uh, a really broad audience, but I'm happy to answer any questions one-on-one, particularly if you're considering an international relocation or you're looking to move to Belgium. Uh, So feel free to reach out to me. I'm not an expert. I won't pretend to be, but I can share what we experienced if it helps you. I've purposely left out a lot of the fine details here. I could go on and on. I probably already have, (laughs) but the podcast would have been hours long if I had given you any, every little detail. Um, If I can help at least one person, as I said, when we started this podcast, then it will continue to be worth it. Thank you to all of you who have listened in so far. And if you are new, Uh, feel welcome to listen to the intro episode. You'll see it as episode zero in some platforms. Um, And that'll help you understand a bit more about this podcast and how it came about. Uh, My mailbox is always open at tinagravespodcast at gmail.com or via our website, tinagraves.org. Instagram and Facebook are coming soon. I can't promise TikTok now or ever. (laughs) Stay tuned for more info. Until next time, take care and live your life with a twist.